Hey, what's going on, everyone? We are so glad you're choosing to take time out of your day to listen to our sermons. Our prayer for you is that these messages would not replace your belonging to a local church, but would only be supplemental in your walk with Jesus. With that being said, we love you, and we hope you enjoy the message today. may be seated. Well, good morning, South Valley. How are you guys doing today? Everybody doing good? Great to see you guys today. Welcome to Celebration Sunday. Thank you, John. Uh, today's going to be a little bit different because we have a short message today. I'm going to wrap up our parables sermon series. The parable of the talents is our passage today. Then we're going to go into an update about what happened in 2021. God did some amazing things around here at South Valley in 2021. Can I get an Amen. And God's going to do more amazing things this year, and we're going to celebrate and look forward to that. We also have some baptisms, so we got the baptismal set up right here. And then we're going to celebrate our brother, Pastor Frank. Let's give it up for Pastor Frank. We love, we love that man, love his family. So we got a lot to do today. I'm going to pray. Go ahead and open your Bibles. I want to, I want to start with a passage today, start with the sermon today, because it really sets the, the groundwork for the rest of, of, of our gathering this morning. So open your Bibles, Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. I'm going to pray while you open there, and we're going to jump into the parable of the talents. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you so much for South Valley. What an amazing church. What an amazing group of people. I thank you for this, this morning to celebrate. You have been faithful to this church. You have been good to this church. Even in the lows that this church has experienced, you've wrapped your arms around us. You've provided. You've shown your grace and your love. And you've pulled us back up into, into a new season. You are not done with South Valley and, and you have amazing things for this community, and we celebrate that today. We love you. We celebrate baptisms today. We celebrate new life today. We love and praise you, Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. amen. All right, so we're going to jump into it. I'm going to make it kind of fast, the sermon today, but it really is an important passage and sets the framework for the rest of what we're doing today. But before I jump in, do any of you guys remember your first job? Some of you are like, please don't remind me of my first job. I talked to some of the staff members this week and asked them about their first job. I, we got a number of uh, different kinds of jobs that people worked around here. Some of them, like Seth, he, he bagged groceries. Anybody do that as their first job? Uh, I, I heard Christy was a lifeguard as her first job. Uh, uh, Jonathan Mondragon, who preached last week and did a great job, by the way, leading us last week, his first job was working on a car lot. Um, so I heard a lot of diff uh, Teresa's first job was babysitting. Reagan's first job was ba babysitting. Marcus was a drum instructor. And John washed dishes. Uh, that was his first job. He's still very good at it, by the way. I had lunch at his house a couple weeks ago. Very good at washing dishes. My first job, though, was sweeping floors. Sweeping floors. Now, you might think that that's a very simple job and anybody can sweep floors, but did you know that there's actually a right way to sweep floors and a wrong way? Give your kids a broom and you'll find out. <laughs> when I give my son John a broom, the mess grows. Like, how does that even happen? So there's a right way to do it. There's a wrong way to do it. When I had this job, so I got my first job at 15. I got a work permit at 15. My first job was sweeping floors. And, and, and it sounds really easy, but I was actually watched, okay? So people would come in and check on me to make sure I was sweeping floors the right way. And eventually, I got so good at sweeping floors that they uh, recruited me to stock shelves, and then I got so good at stocking shelves that re they recruited me to help customers. And then I got good at helping customers. They recruited me to operate heavy machinery. I got good at that. They recruited me to help hire employees. And although I was on track to run things at that particular place, I ended up ditching it all, going to Bible college, and becoming a pastor. Okay, so then I, I took a hard right turn all of a sudden. Now, here's the, here's the thing. Our first job is rarely our last job. Because when we are faithful over entry-level work, we all start somewhere. We all have entry-level work. When we are faithful over entry-level work, eventually our boss, our manager, the people over us give us more responsibility. 
When you do a good job, when you're faithful with what you have, eventually you're given more responsibility. Well, this last parable in our series is the parable of the talents, and it's about working hard. It's about working hard. It's it's a reminder that when we are faithful over the little things that God gives us, the talents, the treasures, the gifts that God gives us, when we are faithful over the little things, he sets us over much. And Jesus, in this parable, is reminding people that our time, our talent, our treasure will one day be evaluated. How did we use what we were given for the glory of God? Did we excel with what we had? And did we excel in heavenly things, not just earthly things? Okay, there is a difference between earthly success and heavenly success. Francis Chan says it this way. I love this quote. He says, Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. This parable is about succeeding in the things that will last, the things that really matter. So let's go ahead and read it. Matthew 25. It's up here on the screen. The kingdom of heaven will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents. Okay, then he went away. That's all what happened. He who received the five talents went at once and traded with them. And he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and he settled accounts with them. And he who had received five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents here. I've made five talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little. I'll what? Set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'll set you over what? much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you didn't sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. And so here you have what's yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I've scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given. And he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So in this parable, Jesus tells a story about a rich man who goes off on a journey. And before this rich man goes off on this journey, he calls together three servants And he gives each servant a sum of money. He gives five talents to the first servant, two talents to the second servant, one talent to the third servant. What you need to know here is that a talent actually wasn't just a sum of money. A talent was a weight. Okay, a talent was a weight. A talent wasn't a coin. It was a measure of weight. And one talent, this is a lot of money, one talent represented about $800,000. This is a very rich master. And he's gathering people he trusts. He's gathering servants that he loves. And he's saying, hey, I'm going to give you this sum of money. Now go and do something amazing with it. I love you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you way more than you even deserve. Now go and make something of it. Well, in this story, Jesus is the master. We are the servants. 
And the talents represent the time, the treasure, and the special abilities that Jesus has entrusted to each one of us. John Ryle says it this way. He says, anything whereby we may glorify God is a talent. Our gifts, our influence, our money, our knowledge, our health. Our strength, our time, our senses, our reason, our intellect, our memory, our affections, our privileges as members of Christ's church, our advantages as possessors of the Bible, all, all of these things are talents. One thing I want to remind you of today before we give an update about the church is this. Every person in this room has been given special talents and abilities from God. When God made you, when God formed you, when God shaped you, he dumped on your lap a certain weight of talents. He plopped you down into a specific family, in a specific area on the globe with certain intellectual abilities, physical abilities, social and economic opportunities, and an allotted amount of time. God made you. God formed you, and God gave you gifts. He loves you, and he says, here you go. Now be a steward. Manage these gifts well. Everything that I've given you, everything that you have, manage it well for the glory of God. And one day I will come back, or one day you will die and meet me face to face, and then you will give an account for how you use those gifts. Jesus doesn't just do that for individuals. He also does that for churches. He has given this church talents. He has given this church opportunities. He has given this church blessings that are meant to be stewarded for the glory of God, for kingdom impact. And so one reason Jesus is teaching this parable is he's trying to help his disciples answer this question. The question is this, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to see Jesus face to face? Are you ready to give an account? Are you ready to demonstrate how you used your life for the glory of God? Now, now, do good works save us? Let's, let's make that clear really quickly. Do good works save us? No, absolutely not. We do work, good works because why? We are saved. Good works don't save us. We do good works because we're saved. Okay, the the motivation for good works is not salvation. The motivation for good works is that we love Jesus and love pleasing Jesus. Jesus has already loved us. Okay, these servants, so the first two servants in this story loved, did well, were faithful because they loved their master. That's why they were faithful. They loved their master. Servant one turned five talents into 10, which equaled $8 million. Servant two turned two talents into four, which equaled $3.2 million. They both doubled their investment. And when the master arrived, you could get this sense of their excitement. They were so excited to show the master what they had done while he was away. Hendrickson, a commentator, says this, It says their eyes are sparkling. They're bubbling over with enthusiasm. They can't wait for their master to start counting. Makes me think of my kids. Last week, Carly took my kids to Walmart, which, man, Walmart is always a a mission, right? (laughs) Such a mission. And and I'm always afraid I'm going to lose Johnny because he sees the toy aisle and he just, like, takes off. So Johnny and, and Blake, they're doing this thing right now. They love, they love coloring. They love drawing. They love watching YouTube videos about drawing. So we went and got them some markers, and, and, and they take these markers, and they, and they draw things. And every time John draws something or Blake draws something, they run over to me with the biggest smile on their faces, so excited to show me what they did with their markers. They just drew this for me yesterday. So here's, here's Johnny's drawing. He's a big Spider-Man fan. Uh, I don't know if you could tell that's Spider-Man, but that is Spider-Man, Okay. Here's, uh, here's Blake's drawing of, uh, of a sunset by the ocean. I guess she's, she's dreaming of, of, of more beautiful things. I don't know. When my kids do this, every time they draw a picture, that is not an exaggeration. Every time they draw a picture, they run to me with eyes wide, big smile on their faces, 
pumped up to show me what they did with their markers. They do it because they want to make daddy proud. Daddy, you took us to Walmart to get these markers, and look what we did with these markers. We drew you a picture. Now, when I get up in the morning, my, next to my bed is a stack of pictures that I get to wake up to every morning. And I love it. I love it. Okay, For some of us, meeting Jesus face-to-face is going to be just like that. Jesus, I can't wait for you to see what I did with the things that you gave me. Look at what I did with my time. Look at what I did with these blessings. And this is not, this is not, a, this is not a bad pride. This is a healthy pride. This is a good pride, a pride that, that takes joy in, in bringing joy and delight to the God who made us. And we're not trying to earn God's love. We already have God's love. It's God's love that motivates us to want to use what we've been given for his glory. And so one day when Jesus comes back, we'll all give an account. And on that day, we're going to be like these servants in this story. Two of the servants were so excited for the master's return. One of the servants, one servant, was not. So let's look at the final servant, servant number three. What happened to servant number three? But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts. He who had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master... I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you don't sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you go. You have what's yours. But his master answered, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money. And at my coming, I should have received back what I gave to you. So take the talent from him. And give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But for the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Very different story for this servant. Servants one and two, God, thank you for my gifts. Thank you for my children. Thank you for my blessings. Thank you for my home. Thank you for my church, my talents, my spiritual gifts, the the finances you've blessed me with, everything I have. I want to steward it well. I want to use it. I want to grow it. I want to take this investment and make it grow so that when I see you again, I can show you, look at what I did with what you gave me. Those two servants excited to meet their master. Servant number three, afraid to meet the master. Why? Because there are two words that describe servant number three, wicked and lazy. Why wicked? What was so wicked about what servant number three did? Well, he lied. He accused the master of being a harsh master. He said, I knew you to be a hard man. If somebody handed you $800,000, would you call them harsh? No. This man was given $800,000. His master was not harsh. His master was gracious. His master was loving. His master was kind. His master was a good master. Well, when Jesus gave you a physical life, breath in your lungs, and if you're a believer here today and you have eternal life, your soul has been redeemed, you've been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. If you have physical life, if you have eternal life, then guess what? Jesus has given you far more than $800,000. Far more. You could put a price tag on a house, but you can't put a price tag on life. The Father made you. The Father formed you sent his son to die for you, loves you with a relentless love, dumped a hefty bag of talents and abilities and opportunities in your lap. Okay, this, this parable is not about, well, this guy has more than that guy, and, and so this guy is better, more deserving than the It's not about that. It's actually just about, it's not about how much you have. It's about being faithful with what you have. That's what this parable is about. 
And everybody in this room has something from the Lord. He's dumped a hefty bag of talents and abilities and opportunities into your lap. This is the opposite of harsh. Can I get an amen? Amen. Our God is the opposite of harsh. And so that's why the servant was called wicked. You're lying about God. God's not harsh. The reason you're talking right now is because God is good. The reason you have life right now is because God is good. The reason you had $800,000 is because God is good. The second word that we see used to describe this servant was lazy. The parable says that the master left for a very long time. So the question is, what in the world was this servant doing this whole time? The master was gone. What was he doing? Well, he was probably playing Fortnite, (laughs) watching Netflix, drinking Mountain Dew, eating hot Cheetos, hanging out in mom's basement. I don't know. But this this is a parable about hard work. You, you see, what, what happened with this lazy servant is that he, over time, adopted this victim mentality. The servant was lazy. The servant was self-justifying. He had a victim mentality. It wasn't his fault that he wasted his life. It was everybody else's fault. He wasted his life because of other people's problems, not because of his own problems. He had this sense of entitlement this victim mentality. He had years to grow his investment, to hone in on his talents, to become all that God made him to be, yet he squandered it. So South Valley, one thing I want to encourage you to to just remind you of this morning is that Jesus has given you gifts. Jesus has given you talents. Jesus loves you, Jesus made you, Jesus formed you, and one day he's going to hold you accountable for for how you use those things for kingdom impact, for the glory of God, how you use these talents. Two of the servants were faithful, one was unfaithful. Okay, This is not necessarily a, a parable about fruitfulness, about how much you make. It's a parable about faithfulness, being good, faithful with what you've given, been given. And so as a result, servant number three, we read, was cast out of the kingdom. He was cast out because he was never actually in the kingdom in the first place. He never really loved the king. And so with this parable in mind, closing, I want to challenge us with two things this year. And we'll talk about this more as we talk about South Valley. The first is this, make a difference for Jesus. It's so easy to get distracted by things that don't really matter in the end. There are so many good things that pull us away from the ultimate things, the best things. And so one thing you could do today, just in light of this parable, is is just evaluate your life and ask, God, how much of what I'm doing is really going to last? And how much of what I'm doing is really just a distraction in my life? I want to be the faithful servant. You have time to be the faithful servant. You know why I know that? Because you're here right now. God's not done with you yet. He's not done with any of us yet. And so you can make it your aim this year to make a difference for Jesus, a lasting impact for Jesus, to live for the things that will matter so that when you see him face to face, whether he returns in the middle of this sermon or one day you see him face to face because you've passed from this life to the next, you are ready to give an account. And you're not giving an account to That's not why you're saved. You're not saved by your good deeds. You're saved because of the blood of Jesus. But you're ready to show Jesus what you did with that new life. John Piper says it this way. He says, whatever you do, find the God-centered, Christ-exalting, Bible-saturated passion of your life and find your way to say it and live for it and die for it. And you'll make a difference that lasts. And you won't waste your life. The final reminder for this year Stay faithful. Stay faithful. This parable isn't just about fruitfulness. It's about faithfulness. When we're faithful, the fruit comes. And so it's a reminder to us as a church to stay faithful. It's a reminder to us individually to stay faithful. Stay faithful in our quiet time. 
Prayer time, time in the Word, stay faithful with weekend worship, stay faithful at work. I know it can be hard at times, but stay faithful. Stay faithful as a spouse, faithful as a parent, faithful in school. Stay faithful in the little things, and God will set you over big things. Your investment will grow. You guys believe that this morning? So I'm going to close with prayer. And with that as the framework, we're going to talk a little bit about what God has done in 2021 in in, in honoring the faithfulness of this church and then also look forward to what God will do in 2022. So let's pray and then we'll jump into some updates. Father God, I just thank you um, for loving us so much that you've given us these gifts, that you've given us these talents and abilities. We are just, uh, just so grateful to you, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that we would celebrate well what you did in 2021. We have so much to give thanks for. And also, in 2022, help us to stay the course. Even in the hard times, in the confusing times, whatever we may face, I pray that we would stay the course, that we would make a lasting impact for you. Be with us throughout the rest of this service today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're going to switch gears here. Uh, You guys should have, on your way in, received a piece of paper that has a little bit of an update for 2021, and uh, I'll reference that in just a little bit. But but before we do, one way that we want to celebrate faithfulness, the faithfulness of this church, is we want to give you a little glimpse into what God has done through some of our local and global partners. Okay, so if you're a part of this church and you give financially here at South Valley, you are actually participating in work all around this community and around the globe, okay? And this, this comes out of a desire to be good stewards, like this parable, okay? I don't know what kind of talent church we are. Are we a five-talent church, a two-talent church? I don't know. But whatever talents we've been given, opportunities we've been given, we want to steward those well and invest well. And so we're going to update you on just a couple of things. The first is Lamore Christian Aid. Before, though, I want to show you this picture, Uh, Do we have the picture of the ladies from Renewed Thrift Store? Um, If not, oh, there we go. So this is the lady, these are the ladies across the street. Right across the street, we have a thrift store. They're servicing families throughout the week. They're doing a great job. If you've never been over there, I'd encourage you to take a peek. But one thing that they're doing over there is every, so we support Lamore Christian Aid financially. But we also, any profit we make from Renewed Thrift Store, we give goes directly to Lamar Christian Aid. And these, this crew of wonderful women here are running Renewed Thrift Store on a weekly basis. So I wanted you to see them. But with that in mind, we have a video from uh, Nick from Lamar Christian Aid. He wanted to say thanks to the church. So check out the screens. Hi, my name is Nick Franku. I'm the director with Lamar Christian Aid. I wanted to take this opportunity to thank you all for all the kindness you have shown and support you have shown to Lamar Christian Aid. Your generous donations, food, monetary, and clothing-wise have been very valuable to our success. I think it's important that you all get the credit you deserve for your kindness. I truly appreciate what you've done for us during this trying time of COVID-19. We are experiencing problems with finding food And we have been very blessed by your monetary donation, which allows us to go outside the box and find ways and purchase food, which we all know is in short supply. So this is very important that I explain to you how you have made us the success we are. You have a lead pastor by the name of Hemi. So Pastor Hemi, Pastor Caldwell, Pastor Ecker, Pastor Kurtz, Pastor Tuman, and Pastor Mondragon. You have been a very blessing to us. You've been a blessing to our community. I want to thank South Valley Church for everything they've done, and I look forward to continuing our partnership. Thank you all very much, and bless you all. Awesome, awesome. So that's Nick. So that's one of the local partners. I'll let you know what other local partners we have. But I want to give you an update now about our, some of our global partners. And to help us with that, we have Katrina Morshead. Will you guys help me welcome up Katrina Morshead to give us an update? Thank you, Ricky. There we go. Thank you, Ricky. 
So good morning, South Valley. My name is Katrina Morissette, and I am the Global Missions Rep. I've been a member here at South Valley for 15 years and served in this ministry for the past nine years. Our missions goal here at South Valley is to focus on development. In the book, When Helping Hurts, Corbett and Fickert describe development as a process of ongoing change that moves all the people involved, both the helpers and the helped, closer to being in right relationship with God, self, others, and the rest of the creation. As the materially poor develop, they are better able to fulfill their calling of glorifying God by working and supporting themselves and their families with the fruits of that work. Development is not done to people or for people, but with people. So through effective global partnerships, we have maintained effective channels to give and serve directly hundreds of hurting and helpless children around the globe who are now no longer beyond our reach. From the beginning, we have relied upon the wisdom of people living among the neediest children to tell us how best we can help them. David Oginga in Haruma, Kenya, Jose Armas in Zone 18, Guatemala, and Luxon, who oversees three small villages in Haiti. Not only is this wise, but it ensures that we remain servants, not saviors. Essentially, we bring to our partners resources that they do not have, financial support, leadership support, and friendship. We stand alongside these local leaders and help them do what they are uniquely positioned to do in ways that we could never do. Provide equality education for hundreds of children, the option needed to escape poverty. Despite the inability to travel in 2021 to visit with our global partners, we still kept up regular contact every few months via messenger, email, and social media. Newsletters were sent out quarterly with official updates. So here are just a few highlights of last year at Faraha Community Foundation. We celebrated one year of having a nurse on site and health program for both primary and high school. Students are now settled in new dorms and have room to accommodate 240 students. They held their first music and dance extravaganza day partnering with a local music school to introduce contemporary dance and classical music to students as part of their new curriculum. And then we're gonna see a video that David shared with us just shortly. My name is Carol, a school social worker in Fura Community Foundation, found in Kenya, Nairobi County, Ruma Slums. We are currently serving about 600 learners, that is both in primary school and in high school. My name is Martha Okubo, the head teacher of Furaha Community Center Primary School. Here in Furaha, we admit learners from the ages of 3 years to 14 years. Our day begins at 6.45 a.m learners come in and we have our morning devotion. At 11 a.m. they take their breakfast. At 12.40 p.m. they take their lunch and our day ends at 4 p.m. My name is Jennifer Bong of Furaha Community High School as the principal. This is situated at Kantafu and it's part of the Furaha Community Foundation. A total of 134 students. These are mixed uh, gender, that is girls and boys. Uh, the school is currently having 33 candidates in Form 4 class who are prepared to do the KC exams in uh, March. And uh, they are quite well prepared for the same. My name is Sylvina King. I'm from Furaha Community High School. I thank God for the five years brought us. I thank you all for your support, for provision of conducive environment and adequate facilities to enable us pursue our education. These are hardworking students that are gotten from Huruma and uh, surrounding the slum area. And uh, we really appreciate that privilege to have them around here because of the support of many people 
that is making this program successful. And so when we are here, we thank God uh, for them. We thank God for the support we've been receiving. And alongside education, we also have other programs like Safe House. It's a safe home, temporary home for learners with different challenges, whereby we rehabilitate them for a while. And once the situation is back to normal, we reintegrate them back to their families and their guardians. We also have the health program which has been of great help to us because it has helped us reduce the absenteeism in school, whereby the school nurse is able to attend to the learners who have health issues and also to advise the parents and the guardians and even do referrals at times, bringing their health back to normal. I take this opportunity to say thank you so much for your continued support and may God bless you. Asante Sana. So with that, our hopes and plans for 2022 include maintaining the partnerships and support that we currently have in Kenya, Guatemala, and Haiti, while continuing to grow Western awareness and ambassadorship for them. Please be in prayer over future projects at the high school that will better offer safety, productivity, and resources for students. Now God has placed something new and exciting on both Pastor Ricky and my heart that would involve expanding South Valley's mission. Currently, we are in the beginning stages of building a partnership with an organization that works with Buena Vida Orphanage and La Mission Valley in Mexico. Let me introduce to you Taylor's heart. Over the last nine years since she first visited Buena Vida Orphanage at age 14, Taylor was able to provide aid, friendship, and love to Gabriel and his family who run the orphanage of about 30 children. Taylor knew that God's calling was not just to continue her mission with Buena Vida, but to grow and reach out to more less fortunate children and families. She wants to provide opportunities to those wanting to continue their education and reach their dreams. Taylor's heart was formed primarily to equip children who do not have the daily necessities that we often take for granted. We want to provide opportunities to those seeking further education and careers. Please also be in prayer that Ricky and I are able to make the next steps to travel down to the orphanage this year with Taylor to meet Gabriel, Pastor Thomas, and discuss the best way to help continue God's work in Buena Vida Orphanage. I would love to one day be able to take down teams to meet the children, share the love of Christ, and learn firsthand how we can pray for them and build long-lasting relationships. If you have any interest in getting involved with Global Missions, I would love to chat with you. There's lots to celebrate today, South Valley. Thank you. Thank you, Katrina. Katrina is going to be available after service if you want to talk to her about any of these endeavors. The new one, Buena Vida, is going to be really exciting. I've been there, seen it in person. They do an amazing job, but they need support. Those kids need support. That facility needs support. And so it's a great opportunity for us to be a blessing to them. And the last video I want to show you is something new. So uh, one thing that I'm passionate about and that I would like to invest in uh, is, is the area of church planting. Um, we've been given a mission, obviously, as believers. Go, therefore, into all nations, making disciples of, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we've been given a great commission from Jesus. And church planting is, is how that mission goes out. When people go into certain areas and they, they start churches for Jesus, gather folks, and begin reaching folks. And so one cool thing that we get to do this year that's going to be unique and different is we're going to get to support, uh, financially support a, a church plant. And this, this church plant is happening in Nashville, Tennessee. It's a group of people who went out to Nashville area because that area is growing rapidly right now. Something like 100 people moving there every day. And so uh, th this group has already planted a church in Washington, a couple churches in Washington. They're good friends of mine. And now we have an opportunity to help them get a church up and running in a new area just outside of Nashville that's growing rapidly. So I want to show you this video here. This is Chris Tomes and Cross and Crown Church. Why don't you check out the screens? Hey South Valley, happy Celebration Sunday. I hope y'all are encouraged by what God is doing in and through your church. You know, I keep hearing these amazing stories from Pastor Ricky of life change, and I'm so excited to be able to share in that joy with you today. My name is Chris Tomes. I'm a church planter in Nashville, Tennessee. 
Ricky and I have been friends for nearly a decade and we've even had the opportunity to serve on staff together at a church in California. I love this guy and his heart for the kingdom of God. You know, his passion for leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, it gets me fired up. You know, our vision for, for church planting and multiplication is focused on saturating our cities with the gospel by multiplying gospel communities. And I think the most effective way to do this is by planting more gospel-centered churches who are all in on making disciples that make disciples so we can plant churches that plant more churches. A lot of people ask us, you know, why Nashville? Isn't that part of the Bible Belt? And honestly, that's a great question. So we're planting in the suburbs just south of the city that are experiencing tremendous growth. There's literally hundreds of people moving to this area every day, which means there is some serious work to do. So many people are moving here looking for a better life, for more authentic community, and especially looking for more joy. Since my family moved here a few months ago, I've been able to have some really impactful conversations with people who are just longing for deeper meaning in life, and honestly, they're just missing it. Getting to share the hope of Jesus with them and then invite them into Christ-centered community is hands down one of the best parts of church planting. You know, our first plant uh, for Cross and Crown was near downtown Seattle. And then over the summer, we actually got to plant another one just north of the city. So when the opportunity to plant in Nashville came up, we knew God must be opening the door for us to take our vision for multiplying churches into a new area and to trust Him in that. This is my family's second church plant, and while it's tough work, I wouldn't want to do anything else. You know, seeing God work through, through willing hearts is one of the most humbling and exciting aspects of this mission of church planting. And you know, one of the best parts of doing this is seeing how God kind of knits together different churches from all over the globe for the same mission to make disciples. An important aspect for us is finding partner churches who believe in our mission and want to be part of it. And for that reason, I am just thrilled that South Valley is in our support team. You know, we covet your prayers, and I hope one day that I'm going to get to meet y'all in person. But until then, thank you so much for partnering with us, for praying alongside us, and being on mission in Lemoore as we all seek to saturate our cities with the good news of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that's Pastor Chris Tums. Chris is a good friend of mine, an amazing, amazing pastor, and he's had has experience planting churches. And, and so I'm really excited about this new endeavor just outside of Nashville. And I think not only is it awesome that we'll get to be of support to him, but we'll also get to learn from him and learn from his team as they can give us data on how to church plant and how to reach areas around central California that haven't been reached yet, areas that still need healthy, growing, thriving churches. And so we get to help him, assist him, and get something up and running. And then we'll also get to learn from him in the process and hopefully at some point fly him out here. And I'd love for you guys to hear from him personally. He's, he's just an amazing guy. His, his wife, Kelsey, is amazing and just love his family. So, so those are some of the missions updates I have for you guys. That's not all we're doing at South Valley, though. So let's look at some actual statistics, all right? So go ahead and take a moment right now. Glance at that piece of paper about 2021, all right, 2021. So, so look at, let's look at some of the numbers from 2021. What did God do in 2021? You'll see uh, that in 2021, South Valley had 117 new guests. Isn't that awesome? 117. We also, at our Christmas service, we had 1,288 people at our Christmas service just a, few, uh, just a month ago. We had a total giving uh, of, of $1,342,780. We had $67,017 for our Christmas offering. I'm going to give you an update on Christmas offering in a little bit, what's happening with those funds. And one thing that we tried this last year at the end of the year was we tried to offer a Spanish service just to see if we can start a relationship with the Spanish-speaking community here. We had 154 people show up to that Spanish service, which is amazing, incredible. Uh, next, you'll see some of our online views. So church online has obviously gone up tremendously. 
Uh, we saw it go up uh, since 2020. We also saw it go up recently as, uh, as with the new wave of COVID that came through and more people going online for a season and then finally coming back in person. So we had 15,794 views online this year. Uh, watch time was 4,827 hours. New subscribers, 192. The average age of people watching online, uh, 40% are ages 25 to 34. 60% are ages 55 to 64. And uh, 58% are female, 41% are male. Uh, another cool thing that we got to do this year was Candy Walk. At Candy Walk, we had 2,000 guests show up to our Candy Walk, which was Incredible. We had 165 volunteers and 47 amazing cars. Let's give it up for our cars because that was, that was so cool to see. Uh, South Valley Kids continues to, to just hit it out of the park right next door. They had over 469 kids come through the ministry this year. So total attendance, that means unique attendance. 469 unique kids coming through that year with an average attendance on a weekend of 101. We had 42 baptisms in 2021, which is amazing. We launched, uh, yeah, we launched a new youth ministry. We renovated the chapel. The youth launch had 120 students. We're averaging now 60 students on a Wednesday night. And 20 salvations in the youth ministry last year in, in just a few short months. So that's some of the amazing things that we get to celebrate. That's just, that's just a quick overview of what God did in 2021. But now I want to give you a little update on our budget for 2022. So you heard about some of these missions endeavors. You see that we support Lamore Christian Aid. We're going to try to support Buena Vida. We're going to support Cross and Crown Church. These other organizations, Faraha, things like that. How do we pay for these things? How is our budget broken down here at the church? So if you look here on the screen, you're going to see a pie chart of this year's budget. 2022 budget is $1.5 million. And it's broken down into three categories. First, we have ministries. That accounts for 65% of our budget. Ministries includes all of the ministry that happens on this campus and in some of the ministry that we support throughout the community. It includes our ministry budgets. It includes staffing. Any kind of ministry that's happening here at South Valley comes out of that line item. So ministries, 65% goes to ministries. 20% will go to facilities. Okay, this includes maintaining and overseeing the use of our buildings, uh, infrastructure such as internet and security systems and utility bills and lawn care, cleaning maintenance. We're, we just hired a cleaning crew because we have Mike, who's our only maintenance guy around here, and he does a lot. Uh, I really am grateful for Mike. He does a lot to, to it's one guy doing everything, and so we want to do, we want to get a little more help with that. So we hired a, a, a cleaning crew. They're coming once a week now. And our building usage has gone up tremendously over the last few months, which is a very good thing. And so facility costs have gone up a little bit this year. The final category is missions. And missions accounts for 15% of our annual giving. So 15% is going to go towards missions. Um, and, and, and missions, it has there's two categories of missions here. There's local impact, local missions, and global missions. And here's a list of all the missions that we are supporting at South Valley. So if you give to South Valley, although your name may be nowhere in any of these organizations, your fingerprints are everywhere. When you give to South Valley, you are supporting every one of these missions. 15% of our finances here at South Valley goes directly to support missions. So we have Compassion International, Mossy Foot, which is a, a great organization sharing the gospel and helping people with health issues. Crossroads Pregnancy Center. Let's give it up for them, by the way. We love them. Local organization. Family Life Ministry, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So that's happening even on Lemoore uh, High School. That's happening, and it's a, a way for us to get involved with Lemoore High School. Kings County Jail. We're buying Bibles for Kings County Jail and helping with ministry happening within that facility. King's Gospel Mission. We have people from King's Gospel Mission attending here every Sunday. Most of the time they're sitting up there. I hope you guys see me. Love you guys. Great to have you. Um, and we also, we just wrote them a $1,000 check to uh, sponsor their softball team too on top of our monthly giving. So they're going to get that uh, 
February 1st. Lamore Christian Aid, which you heard already, Samaritan's Purse, When I Grow Up, Youth for Christ, Taylor's Heart, which is new, Cross and Crown Church, Nashville, which is new. And then I put Renewed Thrift Store with an asterisk because we actually don't spend any money at Renewed. Renewed is totally self-sufficient. The ladies over there do such a good job. They pay for it completely with the, with the money they make. And whatever goes above, our needs go straight to Lamore Christian Aid. So those ladies are killing it. Yes. So that's breakdown of finances. Now, what are some of the things that we want to do in 2022? You already heard about some missions things we want to do. Let's talk about a few other things. Number one that we want to do is we want to start celebrating salvations. We don't know how many people were saved in 2021, but we value salvations, and we know that every time somebody is saved, what happens in heaven? rejoicing in heaven. And so we want to join in that rejoicing. And so this year, we're going to come up with a system for celebrating salvation, salvations. And one thing I want you to know, we have started counting salvations this year, and you won't believe this, but it's amazing. We've already seen 19 salvations in 2022. 19. 12 teens, five kids, two adults, just in 2022. And we have baptisms this morning as well. And last week we had 40 people, over 40 people, 48, signed up for our membership class. So God has been good in that way. Next thing we want to do this year is small groups. Pastor Seth and I, we worked on our small groups vision. It's finally done. And so starting February 20th, Pastor Seth is going to launch a small group training for anybody who wants to learn how to lead a small group or host a small group. February 20th, those trainings begin, and we'd love for you to be there. We want to grow our small group uh, capacity from 28%. We only have 28% of people in groups right now. We want to grow that to 55%. And ideally, a healthy church is closer to 80%. And so if Jesus gave us a report card in this area, it would not be a good report card. The good news is it's one of our goals of 2022. So if you want to help us lead a group or you want to join a group, you want to sign up to lead, February 20th, we'd love for you to lead. Next thing that we're going to do, campus upgrades. We raised some funds through our Thanksgiving offering. One thing I want you to know, if you gave to the Thanksgiving offering for campus upgrades, I've already met with somebody. They're, they're drawing out a plan for our campus, how to use the lobby, how to build some shade structures. So they're working on a plan. Then we're going to prioritize that list, and we're going to start doing those campus upgrades ASAP. So if you gave to that offering, I want you to know it's going to be in, in good use, and we're super excited, and I'll show you guys the plan as it develops. Next, Young Adults Ministry, we're going to get that up and running this year. Finally, men's and women's ministry, get that going. We have a men's breakfast coming up. We have a women's brunch coming up. And I'm going to be paying attention. Who do we have more of showing up for that? Do we have more men, more women? I think we get more, more men. Just going to say that, right? Because, guys, we could do this thing. Right now, though, it's bad news because the women have double the attendance signed up so far. So we got to catch up, all right? Let's do this thing. Uh, youth summer camp. VBA, we're working on plans for that. I'll I'll fill you in more later. Youth summer camp, we're going to do a youth summer camp this year. And finally, church rebranding. We'll be doing some church rebranding this year. That's some of the stuff that we have for 2022. It's a lot that we have going on in 2022, but it is going to be an amazing, amazing year. Now,